I'm Gary Bard, founder and editor-in-chief of today's Caregiver Magazine and Caregiver.com, and your host for our weekly caregiving podcast series. In this podcast, we will introduce you to many of the leading caregiving thought leaders, authors, experts, and even caregivers with famous faces who have graced the covers of our magazine. It is always such a pleasure to have a Caregiver.com book club author join us on the podcast, like my guest today, Susan A. Marshall, the author of a truly interesting book, Mom's Gone Missing. Hi, Susan. Welcome to the podcast. Gary, hi. Thank you so much for having me on. It is amazing to me as I looked at the work that you're doing and have been doing for some time and what an honor it is to be included in your community and to be part of your book club. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for that. Tell me what caregivers will find when reading Mom's Gone Missing. Such a good question. Um, The response to this book has been absolutely over-the-top emotional, which has surprised me somewhat, but what people have told me over and over and over again is, oh my gosh, I saw me. What you wrote about what you felt in that instance, that's me. Um, One of the men I talked with shortly after the book came out um, late last summer called me and said, you have made crazy okay. I'm like, okay, well, well, wait, wait, what does that mean, right? Are you made crazy okay? He said, no, you wrote about the emotions and just how discombobulated you felt. Of course, uncertain. Am I doing it the right thing? Am I doing enough? Am I doing it fast enough? All of those questions that we caregivers have. And it's interesting, uh, my publisher, um, Kara Henschel, Henschel House Books, or Henschel House Publishing, has become a friend over the years. We've done a couple of books together. And we'd have breakfast every three or four months, and she kept saying to me as I was living this experience, you know what, Susan, you need to write this book. And I kept saying, Kara, I don't know what I'm writing, and I don't know who I'm talking to. I am no expert. And I really felt that because, you know, you're in the midst of a storm like this. As you well know from your own experience, the the last thing you want to do is give advice to anybody else. You're figuring out as you go. But after the fact, after mom passed, of course, I had reams of notes and lots and lots of information. And I thought, you know, maybe the best thing I can do is simply tell my story as openly and as candidly and as honestly as I can. And so that's what I did. And it has really struck a nerve with many, many, many people. You know, I I always say that the true caregiving experts are the family caregivers. When we started our journey 28 years ago or something, caring for my grandparents, um, the best advice I got was from the caregivers sitting next to me in the waiting rooms uh, Mm -hmm. of the hospitals or coming out of long-term care facilities as I was going in to see if it was a good place for Gramp or, you know, I, when I, I used to, I used to go on these things called airplanes. It's been a year now. I remember those. Yeah. Hmm. And before everybody had their headsets, um, uh, everybody would say, well, what are you traveling? Who are you? What are you? And I always find that it was, it was like the, the scene in the movie airplane where everyone's hanging from the rafters <laughs> uh-huh. because yeah, when I say, well, you know, caregiver.com today's caregiver magazine, everybody was one sense or another traveling for or living through caregiving. It's, yeah. 
it, it was amazing. So, you know, I do like the headsets as I'm traveling, but I do miss that that connection. And so that's why I love your book so much, because even in the blurb, you say that narrative includes sibling tensions. Yeah, we all go through that. An mm-hmm. array of healthcare, financial, and legal decisions. Check. Mm-hmm. Reconciliation of lifelong hurts. Hopefully, check. Mm-hmm. And the uh, 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 no, uh, the emotional tsunami that surges through all of it. So you're living it and sharing it. Give me some of the tips, some of the advice, some of the information people might be able to walk away with after reading Mom's Gone Missing and say, hey, I can use that. Yeah, um, a couple of things. Thanks for that question. One is... You are, all of the things that you are experiencing that are really making you feel uh, inadequate, um, insecure, uncertain, maybe a little manic at times, they're all normal. When you've had enough for a given day, and, and it's possible, turn off the lights, leave it alone, take care of yourself, because tomorrow you will be right back in the game. I wish somebody had told me that going into this, not that I would have paid attention, right? Because when you're in the midst of it, you're just figuring it out. It's like, I just got to get this done. Go, go, go. But as as out of sorts as you feel in any given moment of your caregiving journey, that's normal. And you are not alone. I suppose if there's one sentence, it's that. You are not alone. Again, if someone had said that to me as I was in the midst of caring first for dad and then mom, I would have gone, yeah, yeah, okay, I got it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. And and we need to continue to support and encourage each other to to do one more day, to have one more phone call with the doctor, to go see mom or dad, however we do that these COVID days. Um, just keep going. You are not alone. You are not out of your mind. There are so many of us, if we could only find each other, so God bless you, Gary, for the work that you're doing, to connect us with each other. There are so many personalities involved in life, right, and some the sibling tensions. Some personalities don't want to deal with emotion at all. Just tell me what needs to be done. Check, 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 check. Other people, I am wired very differently. I was very cognizant of the fact, particularly in mom's case, I was helping her leave this planet. I had never done that before. I don't know what that feels like. I don't know what, you know, how she would respond. But I kept reminding myself, she's a fellow human. Help her get to where she needs to be. <clears throat> Which was kind of weird because I grew up not liking my mom. <laughs> it's like, what? Now I should take care of you? After you didn't do stuff for me when I'm your kid. Yeah, so I didn't come to this, you know, Susie Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, that's a story in itself that we all live through at some level or, or, or another because uh, it caregiving seems to enhance good relationships and sometimes bring to the boiling point bad relationships or, like like you say, reconcile, potentially yeah. reconcile lifelong hurts. Yeah. You you. you you bring up a very interesting point about your uh, the emotions you bring into helping your mom and realizing that you're actually um, helping her on the process to her journey. Tell me about that. How did that feel? How did how does that work? Would you you know how does that manifest itself? It was um, confusing. She was a staunch Catholic. 
<clears throat> and as a kid, she used to try to convert everybody who walked into our kitchen to Catholicism. And that annoyed me because she was not always very Christian as she, you know, dealt with her kids. So, you know, as you're a kid, you judge everything and you think you know everything about everything. Well, as she began to lose her cognitive abilities, she forgot many of those tendencies that she had. I got to know her as a human, which was way different in my experience than knowing her as mom. What that caused me to do was put away my resentment, put away my hurts, put away my you know, stuff from having grown up as her daughter and sort of you know, blink a couple of times and come back to this clear-eyed view of what she was going through. And it's, it's really kind of a, a bifurcated emotion. On one hand, you want to be there, obviously, as, as present as you can be in any, every interaction. On another hand, you have to sort of put away part of yourself to, to enable you to come clean to, to an exchange, whether it's a conversation, whether it's you know, just, just time sharing coffee and sitting in silence. But I, I, so having been a staunch Catholic her whole life, she was very afraid that she might have done something naughty, and that was her word, or not yet done enough to assure that she would get to heaven. We talked about that a lot. And so because of those conversations and because she was convinced that my father was in heaven, I was too, by the way, <laughs> not so sure about her. But but we got she got to the point where she she began to accept that this wasn't hers to do. And ultimately she died in peace. And and her peace brought me such a sense of goodness and completion, if that makes any sense. You know, there's loss certainly, but but this was such a beautiful sort of soft, quiet folding of that last cover on her life. It was probably the greatest gift for me in all of this. I'll tell you how I know she went to heaven. She had you. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> you, you, I might have a little different perspective on that, but no, it was it was truly a time of reality without all of the distraction and noise and condemnation and judgment and you know blah 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 of life. That all falls away. It does. Hey, and I'm um, so grateful to have that because I know I can let all of it go too. Yes, it, that's a gift she gave you by yes. by by showing you show, showed each other who you are at a time where there was no artifice left. Exactly right. You, and I wish that we could all learn this. And of course, you know, you know we can only learn in our time and our place. But that's so my my mission in the aftermath of all of this is really I'm an encourager by nature. Um I happen to have blessed been blessed with the ability to write. So I'm fortunate to have been able to, to put this together. But but my message really is one of encouragement. Um just keep going. There is absolute gold in this very dark, difficult, scary, uncertain time. There must be a pony in there somewhere. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if you know that story, but um, yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> so you've, you 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 were tell so you were telling me earlier that um, you've done some sessions with caregivers. I don't know, virtual or through the library. Mm-hmm. Um, what are caregivers telling you about the book? 
Well, what they're saying is a, a couple of things. One, um, thank you. I, I needed to hear this because I truly do feel crazy, and I know that this will pass. Two, we talk a lot about things you do to cope during difficult times that should you continue those coping behaviors can become habitual and extraordinarily destructive. For example, my family was a drinking family. I'm a wino. I love to drink wine. I love Chardonnay and Cheetos. Okay, that's my coping. That's my coping plan. Um, I got to the point in the course of this journey with lots of, you know, sibling challenges and all of that where I would just kind of keep pouring wine, another glass, another glass, to the point where I, I remember very specifically um, going to bed one night thinking, did I talk with one of my brothers? Did I have this conversation? Because I knew I wanted to and we were supposed to. got up this, the next morning and looked at my cell phone. Not only had we talked, we had talked for 45 minutes. I remembered none of it. But okay, this is a problem. So where's the line, right, between comforting ourselves and that's okay because you're you're trying to get through this to you've not only crossed the line, you've leapt the chasm and now you're in trouble. And so my encouragement always is to be aware of it and do not be afraid or ashamed to ask somebody to help you. I've never been good at asking for help. That's another thing that I learned in this whole process. Ask. People are willing and able and eager to help. So your honesty and your sharing yourself on the pages of this book, you would hope at the end of it, a caregiver can connect, learn, process, and uh, take into their life. Absolutely. In whatever way works for them. Right. And that's I'm so careful always to say I've got five siblings, their experiences through all this, I know were very different than mine. I don't know what they were because I'm not them. I don't have the history. Right. I don't have their experience with mom and dad growing up and going through all of this. And that's good. Um, I can try to understand to the extent that they want to help me understand where where they are. But many don't, and that's okay, too. To honor each other, to do this work in whatever way we need to do it, or not to do it at all, seems to me the the gracious thing we can offer each other. I will tell you, this is one of the fastest interviews I've, 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 I've ever done. I've some reason, we're at the end of our time, and I just felt like we just started. So <laughs> well. I... I that says a lot about you. It says a lot about your book. But I'd like you to end with the one most important piece of advice you'd like to share with family caregivers. Trust yourself. Uh, 